Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting adventure at the Hub World. Today's episode will have us breaking down the most recent Nintendo Direct. My name is Matteo and today our party members are... Gino and Jules. Remember, whether you're joining our adventure from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to give us a like and subscribe. Now, let's get this adventure rolling. Well, before we get into the direct, Matteo, can I just interject and say there was also a Sony state of play today? <laughs> We're like, what, two-thirds of the way there for E3. Why didn't Microsoft have something to show off? I know, right? Um, that being said, I, as the biggest Sony fan here, stay with my powers of Sony that it was not worth talking about. I wanted to integrate it tonight into the podcast. That was my plan. But I'm so disinterested by everything that they showed that I don't even think it's worth talking about or breaking down. But for those of you who did watch it, and for those of you who, for some reason, think that it was better than Nintendo, which you're wrong, um, (laughs) just to recap, Tekken 8 got formally announced, which we already knew. Um, There were some other small Japanese games, um, such as one called Rise of the Ronin, which is a Team Ninja um, samurai game. Um, and uh, Project Eve got renamed to Scarlet something. I, I don't remember what it was. And then they showed off the new God, limited edition God of War DualSense 5, which looks really cool. They showed off a story trailer for God of War 5, um, which also looks really cool. Um, and they, you know, give us a security of their sticking with that release date for November. I'd love to have a podcast about God of War either closer to or after it releases, which I'm sure we'll do. But tonight, um, sorry, Sony, our focus is Nintendo. We have been waiting for this Direct for months. The fact that we've been, it's been since February, since the last general Nintendo Direct where Nintendo shared their own first party announcements. Like it's, it's crazy how long it's been. And Man, did they deliver. Like, I thought this is a really solid direct from beginning to end. Yes, you, we'll probably joke about it later that there's a lot of games that have farming mechanics that were shown in this direct. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but jokes aside, I think Nintendo really delivered. It was somewhat worth the wait. And there's a little bit for everybody. Like, there's there's a lot of games I'm really excited for. Like, last direct, when we talked about it, there was a lot of stuff there, but not some. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't really care about. But this one, like I'd say, for most the most part, almost everything first party that Nintendo showed, I'm really interested in. Yeah, um, it was a very solid direct. Um, so we'll go through it like we always do. We'll move through it. Um, if you didn't catch our predictions, you can still check that one out. We did make it back before the E3 season, where we thought there was going to be a direct. Um, but you like can always what, check that one out. It was like in June, right? Yeah, something like yeah, June. Yeah. We'll, we'll so, put it in. A, we'll put it in a link here. Yeah, I'll put it in a link if you want to hear our predictions. We did get some of them correct, um, so we'll mention those as we go through. But um, as always with Nintendo Direct breakdowns, we're going to be going through the video here, um, talking about what's happening, kind of our thoughts when they were happening, and what we think. Maybe some other um, things. We will skip anything we don't really care about. Um, just so you are aware. And another disclaimer, at the bottom here of the screen, 
Um, if you're watching us from the Americas and know that we are a um, North American-based podcast, you're probably wondering why it says 1309-2022. Um, this is a um, this is the UK version, the PAL version, so you might see some of those PAL um, ratings, and- ratings and stuff pop up, so just be aware um, that we're using the PAL version of the video to go through this. Already. Okay, cool. So let's get started with the first announcement. So I'm just going to hit play here and kind of let it play out. Um, so it in- immediately went into um, this trailer right here. I knew what this was the second the trailer started. There had been rumors of a Fire Emblem game for months. And this game supposedly has been finished since last year. And it earlier, actually, this year, it leaked. We saw pictures of the protagonist. And it, like, there were, they, they were blurry pictures, but... They were true. It ended up being real, and but I just love the the whole aesthetic of these this opening here, where like it's sort of like a stained glass, sort of like medieval, uh, uh, st- like style. It's really really nice, and then we see here all these protagonists that you would recognize from the main Fire Emblem games, and. Here's our new protagonist here slashing the uh this I think dragon. That was Marth slashing the dragon actually. Oh yes, you're correct. Yeah, it was Marth. Yeah. But Yeah, cuz this was the historical thing. But yeah, mm. there's a lot here and yeah, like Mateo said this game did get leaked, which honestly I'm surprised how this like how much this game got leaked. Like those images we saw back in the day were real and that doesn't happen a lot with Nintendo games outside of Pokemon. So yeah. I was actually very very surprised how those images were real. Um, but either way, this game looks really great. The art style is really cool. Um, but what's interesting, and I don't know if this will be the case, of course, we've only seen a bit, but this game looks to be more, like, intimately focused. Like, at least right now, it seems like there's going to be less characters than we're used to because the primary role of the game, is, or the primary change, is going to be this engage mechanic Um where the characters link up with past heroes and like change their classes and learn abilities. So I wonder if they're going to go the route of having less um, playable characters to to more to foster more of a just kind of like build your characters the way you want kind of thing. Well, like super units. Yeah, almost like um, there'd only be like a hand like instead of like know how in. Fire Emblem often like you have like eight units that you choose like for every match, but you have like an available like 30, 20, 30. Like I wonder if they'll just cut that choice of like 20, 30 and just give you like eight characters and the choice rather than it being which units to use is how you build your units Mm -hmm. based off who you connect them to. I would just like to point out, I know the video that we're probably using doesn't really reflect this very well, but I highly suggest you watch the actual trailers that Nintendo has on their YouTube channel. But this game, I don't know exactly what frame rate it's running in, but it's got to be really close to 60. It's so fluid. The animations are incredible. The colors are vibrant. 
like this game looks like like an animated movie it looks full phenomenal and the yeah i was that, i was quite yeah i was quite impressed with the um the visual presentation for this one yeah like look also. how beautiful the colors is the palette and look lotus there at the bottom nintendo and intelligent intelligent systems this is being made probably only by intelligent systems if i recall correctly fire emblem uh three houses had intelligent systems slash koi tecmo or bandai namco whoever helped collaborate with that game i think this is being developed exclusively by intelligent systems but the whole engage mechanic i think is like this is i think an anniversary game or it'll be out during an anniversary year for fire emblem so having that throwback to the classic characters like marth roy lynn ike uh that is i think a brilliant idea and then they do have one character representing each of the previous main series games and i noticed all of them earlier uh there's like leaf there's uh sigurd uh erica yeah uh selica like every uh crom is there or not crom sorry uh corin byleth Lucina. Lucina. On that kind of like Mayan calendar looking circle yeah. calendar thing. <laughs> yeah, the stained glass. And what's really interesting too is actually maybe I'll uh, rewind it back. I don't know what. I'm just going to kind of leave it here. This is really nice art. But um, if you do go take a look at some of those um, stained glasses, you can see that some of the characters have actually had their um weapons change so like ike is yep. carrying an axe instead of his um his sword and lucina is using a bow um and i can't remember i thought there was one other one that was changed but there's quite a number of them that are changed um and at least from my perspective i think that and the fact that there's one from every single main installment of fire emblem makes me think that those 12 characters are likely the only legacy characters that will be in the game. There will be one representing each game. Um, mm. And as a result, because most of the main characters are sword users, they had to go and alter some of them. But I would happily be wrong about that because the more the merrier, like if there are more characters, that would be great. Um, but I also feel like if they do keep it light, instead of having this massive amount of options... Um, they could really fully integrate those characters into the story, as it looks like Marth is like actually part of the story, and I hope yeah. that the other eleven are too, because, uh, you know, like Marth is cool, but I don't like Marth. I like Ike. I like Micaiah. I like um, Corin. Um, I like Erica and Selica. Like I'd love to see them integrated as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, Roy, cool. like, oh, you're no, very sorry, cool. No, just in general. Like, I'd love to see those legacy characters be more than just a gameplay gimmick. I'd love to see them actually play somewhat of a role in this game. Um, yeah, instead of just being like a sideshow. Yeah. The other thing, though, I just realized now is that your main character has the ring, right? I'm just guessing it's going to be called like an engage ring or something like that. Yeah. yeah. The villain had one, too. Yes, I was going to point that out as well. Maybe they're channeling like evil heroes. Or well, that's why I was like wondering. Black Knight or something. That's what I was wondering is like maybe there will be a bunch of 
different vil- legacy villains. Like maybe it's not just the main villain. Maybe there's multiple ones that'll have them, and we'll have we'll see villains from each game pop up, similar yeah. to like how um, Dissidia did the Final Fantasy um, kind of uh, anniversary, where there was where there was one hero and one villain from each um, main Final Fantasy installment. I'd love to see that here too, where like they maybe there's 12 good rings and there's 12 evil rings and the evil rings have villains from each of those games as well but i'd also be willing to settle for either just the main villain having it and it being a villain like grima who has ties to a lot of the villains in the series or maybe it's even a hero that we care about is suddenly a villain right yeah like, like what if guard or something's over with the villain or someone yeah. like that or like Hector. Cool. Yeah, like Hector would be cool. Or even like if for some of the like multi-protagonist games, like what if like Krom or like um Erica's brother, I can't remember what his name is, um or um uh, Alm. I think his name is Alm, right? Celica. Yeah. Yeah, like like what if like characters like that are also like in these villainous roles, not necessarily because the characters are villainous, but because whoever holds the engage ring kind of like commands the spirit. So, of the hero. so they're not, they're not really like spirits at that point. They're more like summons. Yeah. I'm feeling this as like persona where like the, they are like, they still have their own personality, but they're like at the, like the they're whim. almost like, Pokemon, like, the like at the whim of like whoever has it, right. They're like a genie, right. Or like a, a, a Pokemon. Gen- <laughs> hey, make some wishes. So I think this ha- is a very like cool concept. I think it's like, don't get me wrong, it's contrived, and I'm sure it's going to be, um, like the story is not going to be like the most grounded as many of, like not that Fire Emblem is particularly realistic, but it's fairly grounded. Like this one will probably require a lot of suspension of disbelief, but I'm all for it. I think this is a great gameplay mechanic. I think it's a great celebration of the series. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that the series needed because I think that un- the unfortunate um, almost like consequence of Fire Emblem only really becoming popular once Awakening hit is that everything that came before it kind of got lost in comparison. So this is a great way to bring some of those characters that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of or really experienced outside of like Fire yeah. Emblem hero, heroes. Like I am most excited to see Micaiah because I grew up on Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn and I think that's a great way to bring her in because like even though she shares a game with Ike and she's actually the main character in that game, um, most people don't know who she is. Yeah. yeah. And even like Sigurd, right? The uh, I think it's Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War just never came out in North America or in Europe. Right, um, like Gaiden came out on 3DS, so we saw Celica from that. But uh, in even Leaf's game, uh, I forgot Leaf, what Leaf's game is. Uh, maybe that one is Genealogy. I don't remember. But Leaf and Sigurd's game never came out here, so they've they're still like maybe one day they'll remake the, one of their games. But like even Roy, well, we know Roy from Smash Bros. But uh, is either Blazing Blade or Binding Blade. I did it again. I get those mixed up. His game never came out here either, but we still know Roy. But yeah, this is easily one of my most anticipated games for next year. Like, 
I I love everything about this. I love the art style. I love the uh, the cutscenes that we've seen. I love the gimmick of the game. The is everything. This game, it checks all the boxes for me, and it looks like there still is going to be some out of battle uh, gameplay like Garrick Mock Monastery provided. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, that yeah, I'm, I'm very looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I am as well. I think this uh, this was needed, and. Before we close this out, and I'll just start the video back up because I think it's about to pop up. Um, this date, uh, when the date popped up, I think that was the most surprising thing for me because maybe you had known Mateo that it had supposedly gone gold a while ago, but I did not. And when yeah. I saw this date, I was like, oh my god, it's so soon. And that got me more excited. And that's yeah. something I love that Nintendo does. Like, I love when they just keep something under wraps till it's a couple months away. Because when they announce something, like, I loved that about Xenoblade 3. I love the Metroid fact that Dread. And Metroid Dread. Like, I love when they announce a game and they get you really hyped. And then it comes out in a couple months because the wait isn't too long. Mm-hmm. Um, off cough Zelda. Uh, yeah, cough, cough, Zelda. So, but you know, January is really interesting. I think Pokemon Legends Arceus really changed the strategy that companies are going to be using for releasing games because that game dominated in January. Yeah, it's a Pokemon game, but it proved that you could still sell games after Christmas, mm-hmm. but before spring break. Yep, yeah. and, and there are definitely I- some series that have thrived in that time slot, like almost exclusively resident evil has dropped its games within january and february mm-hmm. um so i think yeah like i don't think this is going to become the new like all the games come here but i think this is a very safe place to put games like um like fire emblem or something that's not like that big blockbuster that needs to compete with other things but something that is like you know it'll sell mm-hmm. um and this is a good time because honestly yeah, selling something before the holidays is great, but I think the issue nowadays is we are in this hyper-spoiler-sensitive world where everybody wants something the day it comes out. So the problem with releasing stuff before Christmas is oftentimes people who want to buy it will buy it before Christmas. Whereas yeah. this is perfect because it comes after the holidays. It'll be in people's minds. People will be saving their Christmas money to buy this game. Or returning Jules, their Christmas forget. gifts. Exactly. Yeah. Or the when they have all the extra money when they go and return the shit that they didn't want. Yeah. Uh, quickly, I, you can skip over this, but they also announced a special edition for this game. And it's like the most blah special edition. It has like all your usual stuff. Your art cards, your steelbook, your poster. Uh, things like that that are like really not interesting. But am I considering buying it? Yes. Um, so now we're going to get to a slew of games that we don't really care about so you know it takes two is a good game play it but you know it's on switch now whatever it's on game pass Um, there's a fatal frame game here that's this actually this is actually an older fatal frame game that is coming out in the west for the first time so i know some people actually are interested in that i i i watched uh 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 what's called uh good vibes gaming they're excited about that Jules, you can probably talk about this. Yeah, I'm a bit... I mean, actually, I'm not. I'm not really that excited for it. Mostly because I beat the game and I have no desire to go back to it until the like core DLC is out. But um, it is as everybody who is a fan of Xenoblade wanted. It's challenges that allow you to buy 
um, swimsuit costumes for the characters. Um, and that is a big ask. As you can see, you can get the bikinis for the characters. And, you know, like that's what does any other, what does a Xenoblade fan want except for that? Um, yeah, and the new service. character does look really cool. So that's cool. And it does come out fairly soon. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say about this. It's an expansion pass. We kind of knew what was coming. Um, it's good so, stuff. So is she a Monado? She is not. I don't know what she is. She, but she has the oh. same color frame. Uh, whatever. Yeah, okay, then SpongeBob I, I game. Okay, well, here's yeah, SpongeBob, SpongeBob game. game that looks like it was made in 2003. Um, Using the same think, engine yeah. as Battle for Bikini Bottom. I have to tell Yaku about this game. The um, fitness boxing? Yeah, it's based on a fighting game series. I forgot the name of the fighting game. But yeah, that that is hilarious. I'm sure he'd get a kick out of that. Tunic is going to be great. Tunic is here. great. I, I just wanted to tell people, if you have any uh, wish to play Tunic, don't play it on Switch. I watched the trailer. The frame rate looks really, really choppy on Tunic. It's on Game Pass. Play it on that. You can play it on PC Game Pass as well. It's also coming out on PlayStation, so it'll probably run better there as well. Just If you really care about portability, then fine, play it on Switch. But Tunic is an incredible game, and it just the jittery... Uh, frame rate just i think to me that's like a deal breaker but to each their that own being, right that being said if all you have to play it on is switch yeah. please play it like it is yeah. not a deal breaker in the slightest if you have a choice of course go for the better frame rate but as somebody who played the game that frame rate is not necessary um in the slightest to enjoy the game and if switch is the only place you have to play that game please get it like if you are yeah. a fan of switch like it's a great game um Briefly, Story of Seasons, this is the first of many farm games we will see. So we will yep. keep the farm game tally going. This is number one. I, for- I forgot which Harvest Moon this was. This is, uh, it's a wonderful life. I don't know if that's, I think that might be a GameCube one or a Wii Harvest Moon. I want to say it's GameCube because Story of the Seasons used to be Harvest Moon, but for whatever trademark reasons, they can't call it Harvest Moon anymore. So, uh if you enjoyed Harvest Moon, this is uh, a remake of that game that I think is on GameCube. So, And that is our first of many farming games. Um, now we get to one of the... I am, I'm going to go off on this one, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. I think this is easily one of the most disappointing parts of the entire Direct. Not because I don't love Splatoon. I love Splatoon, and that's why I'm disappointed. I love Splatfests. That's why I'm disappointed. So let's wait till they show all of you what the theme is. So normally, so historically, the theme of Splatfest, because it used to be two things, right? It used to be like famous two things. So like ketchup or mustard or like... Um, Autobots like and Decepticons. Sun and Moon or like Night and Day or like... Yeah, Autobots Order and Decepticons. Chaos. Order and Chaos. Like things that were like counterparts. And so when they changed it to three, I thought that was a great idea. Like, now you can do famous trios. And they started with a really good one in the the um, preview one where it was like rock, paper, scissors. It's like, great. Now this, this is not a Splatfest. This is not three things. This is a random question pulled out of nowhere. What would you bring to a deserted island? And three random answers to it. Because these are not yeah. the only three things you can bring to a deserted island. 
And so, in my opinion, this is by far, in all my years of playing Splatoon, the worst theme for any Splatfest. And if this is indicative of how they're going to do Splatoon 3 Splatfest, I am very, very, very upset. So I just hope that the future Splatfests are not just some random question and three answers. Because then, it could just be like, what what do you want to do today? And then the three answers are like play work and sleep. Like, I'm sorry. Those are like, I don't want stuff like that. Give me mm. try for, give me the Triforce things. Give me power, wisdom, and courage. Give me like red, blue, what and yellow. Be when Zelda comes out. Yeah. But give me like red, blue, yellow. Give me sword shield and magic wand. Give me like solid, liquid kind of and gas. Yeah. Solid, liquid and gas. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> But with this, gear is clearly the best decision because you can use your gear to get you food and you can use your gear to have fun. Like, I, I to me, gear is the obvious choice. I think gear is going to win. That's my prediction. Yep. Make it happen, people. Mm-hmm. Hub World fans, you, you know what to do. Team gear, let's go. I'll tell you why I'm going to gear. Because fun, if I was going to bring fun to a deserted island... I'd bring video games, and ain't no way in hell I'm bringing Splatoon three to a deserted island if this is the Splatfest. So wow. <laughs> I'm going with gear. <laughs> Savage. Alrighty. <laughs> so we'll move on from this very underwhelming Splatfest. Um, so we don't need to hear about it. They talk a little bit about um, how we're also going to be getting some new Splatoon stuff soon. Like uh, I like those knitted sweaters. Yeah. yeah. This next game, um, I saw the Square Enix pop up, and I was like, okay, what could this be? And then I wasn't really paying attention a ton, but then I started to see the 2D HD, and I was like, could it be? Could it be Octopath Traveler 2? Um, and then, lo and behold, it did pop up, Octopath Traveler 2. Now, I was also very excited. Um, yeah, so I played this game when it first came out. I loved it. I lent it to Gino. He loved it. Um, and uh, it's just like Octopath's an incredible game. Now I know Gino, you had wanted to say something about one of the pictures here. So before I get into my thought, I'm going to wait till we get there so you can just yeah. make your thought. It's, just, it, it, it's I think it's just after this part here. We we briefly oh here here it is. When I first saw this, I thought that the merchant was flipping everyone off because he's kind of got like that smug attitude and he's got a finger raised. I'm like oh what? I had to do like a bit of a double take. And by the time I had noticed, it had gone on to the the next little bit. So I just thought I'd I'd share that and ruin this photo for everyone. Um, well, speaking of the classes here, what I found very interesting, um, and I didn't notice this the first time I watched it because I was um, texting my friend um, because I was so excited, but I started to notice it's the same classes, which I actually really like. I think that gives it a very clear connection to the previous game because it doesn't look like it's set in the same world. It doesn't sound like it's connected story-wise, but by saying, like, hey, we are telling a different story, but with the same, like, subtype of people, but they're also very, very clearly, like, different. Like, the Apothecary seems so much more serious than, um, I can't remember what his name was, but the one from the first game, and, like... um, Yeah, he was a lot more like, I'm gonna go help the world, and, like, very, almost like Sora... From Kingdom yeah. Hearts to a certain extent. Just and like, same with like the the scholar. Like he seems so depressed, and I'm just like, wow, that's so different. 
Um, so I kind of like that connection. Now, as someone who has viewed Octopath, Tra- Octopath Traveler sort of from afar, I've I'm not really it's not my type of genre. I really appreciate the HD 2D art style. I think that's one of the best art styles in gaming uh, right now. Looking at, through this trailer, it almost seems like it's a little more modern of a setting than the original Octopath Traveler, at least like with the fashion and some of the technology. I That's just like a very sort of really a, a opinion of someone who's not really familiar, like uh, just yeah. from my memory. I thought there was like the trains or something. Yeah, I thought there was like trains and stuff too, like adding to that like it's a different kind of environment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does look like it's a little bit more industrialized than the previous one, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but it has been a while. Um, but that's something I noticed as well, too, with, like, uh, the clothing and even just, like, the way that the characters portray themselves. Um, it does look a little bit more modern in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, but, like, these are incredible. Like, I mean... I don't know about Octopath Traveler 2, but first one is an incredible game, incredible story. Um, and the first one very much was not transparent from the very beginning that all of the stories would intersect, although they ended up doing so. Um, and this one is a lot more forthcoming with that. So I think that there's going to be more meaningful connections than there were even in the first one, mm-hmm. um, which is great to hear. Um, also, this is the very first game on Switch from this developer at Square Enix, um, where they're not giving us a demo, like Ooh. now, to give feedback. It's the first oh, yeah. time. That's uh, true. They, they did it for Octopath 1, they did it for Bravely Default 2, they did it for Triangle, um, Strategy. Triangle Strategy, but this one, I was surprised, I was like literally waiting after the date for them to be like, and available today on the Nintendo eShop, the demo, and you can provide feedback and blah, blah, blah. And then there wasn't. I was like, wow, they're very confident that they did a good job. And it's so soon because the release date is February. Again, like Mm -hmm. early next year has some heavy hitters. Yeah. And also, unlike the first Octopath Traveler, this is not going to be Switch exclusive. This is launching on the same day on Switch uh, Steam, PS4, and PS5, and that's probably so, why there's no um, there's no demo available for the Switch because it would give an unfair advantage to the Nintendo player, I guess. Oh, that is true. I didn't even think about that. Yep, that's very true as well. Um, but I also find it interesting that it's not launching on Xbox, considering that the first game had a recent deal with Game Pass. But who knows? Maybe maybe it is launching on Xbox, and the only reason they haven't mentioned it is because. Maybe it's not getting a physical release on Xbox. Maybe it's only going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it came to Game Pass for PC. Yeah, that's also true. Okay, any last thoughts on Octopath? Or I'm just really excited to sink my teeth into like a nice, rich RPG again. It's It's been too long. Yeah, and it'll be nice to play it alongside you this time, Gino, because the yeah. last one is like, I played it, then you played it, and then like we kind of talked, but like there was that disconnect, but it'll be fun to play side by side. And I know for sure if they structure it the way that they did last time, I'm going to do what I advised you to do, which I didn't do. Cause what I had done in the first game is I played, I tried to play it through all eight stories simultaneously, but the way that the first Octopath game worked was 
the first character you pick as like your main character, you can't remove them from the party until you beat their story. So as a result, my main character was way overleveled compared to everybody else. Whereas when I talked to Gino, I had advised him that I'd read online, do four character stories concurrently so that they all stay at the same level. And then once you beat all four of those stories and you unlock your first player and you can remove them from the thing, then you do the other four. And I'm going to be doing that for this one. Yep. There was also um, one thing I'm hoping for for Octopath Traveler 2. Remember, like, after you do all the basic eight jobs and you can, like, combine them into, like, like there's more complicated jobs that they can have later on. I'm I'm hoping that we have a few different super classes or if we have the current, like, the the traditional uh, super classes that we had before, maybe we have, like, a few more just to spice things up a bit. Or if they just update the... the um, like some of the spells and things like that. Cause like, it, it would be nice to like, yeah, we're having the same classes, but something that gives, makes them a little more different than last time. Yeah. I would love that too, which we already saw a bit. Cause they have those um field abilities now at day and night and they have a different one, mm-hmm. but I would love for them to take a little bit of inspiration from bravely default. And rather than it being like, these are the eight classes and then there's super classes at the end of the game have it like these are the eight starting classes and you learn like there's significant characters you meet throughout the journey that you adopt their classes yeah and so i would love for there to be like for the job system for there to be a wider variety of jobs i agree with you on that one um but yeah so that's octopath traveler 2 and just like that we now have big switch games in january and february next year So moving on here. Yep. So we have some more headlines. Here's our uh, farming. This is our second. This is add the two to the farming tally. This is our second farming game. This is the fairy one, right? Yeah. Yep. And I just kind of realized now TGS is coming up. And I guess this is a very popular genre in Japan. So they have to have games unveiled before they can demo them in Japan at TGS. So maybe... That is part of the reason why we had so many. I don't know. Yep. Um, but also, I think Animal Crossing just spawned a lot of it. Um, this is hard. another game I would love to talk about. Um, first of all, the announcer butchered the name. It is not called Theater Rhythm. It is called Theatrhythm. Um, <laughs> do, we, do we know that for sure? Maybe we just have it wrong. Maybe I have it wrong, but either way, I'm not calling it Theater Rhythm. That sounds awful. Um I'm very excited about this game. I think it looks really cool. Um, the price point is a bit high for a music game, but Final Fantasy has incredible music. It has 400 songs, and it's co-op. Um, and for those of you who haven't played Theatrhythm, um, as it is pronounced... Um, by Jules. It, yeah, by Jules. Um, it is like an RPG um, With music, music by game. Nobu. Yeah, with music by Nobu. And so, like, you pick your favorite Final Fantasy characters and you level them up. And there's so much, like, fun stuff to do. So I am very excited about this game. I also think... So it's also coming out in February, which I found interesting that they would release it a week before, I think, um, Octopath. But that's fine. Um, But what was interesting is they also announced this DLC, um, which they're going to show us here. Um that some... th- this is kind of what they did in the last game too where like they had series from like other square Enix series so you have near saga um you have octopath traveler 
Um, and, and you live have alive. live alive, and there will probably be other ones. Like there will probably be some like Chrono ones, and that's what they had last time. There probably won't be Kingdom Hearts because um, Kingdom Hearts has its own rhythm game. Um, but still, that's great. Now they're pushing like Smash Bros. level. Actually, not really Smash Bros. level. I think they're at still like at a third of the music that Smash Bros. had, but quite like a bit. Five hundred yeah. songs is a lot, especially for it a is. game where like they. Especially where they have to like actually go in and do all like the button stuff for yeah. the rhythm game, right? That's Let's also be clear. Let's also be clear. There's 380 songs in the base game. Okay, so this is where we get to the thing where I'm not super happy about it. Base game's a little hefty. Okay, 66 bucks in Canada is a bit pricey for theatrhythm. I can live with it. I was interested in the digital deluxe because I was like, you know what? I I'll buy the digital deluxe. Like. If the base game is like whatever, like sixty, then I'm sure the digital deluxe is something like ninety, and I'll and then I can have all the songs. So first of all, those twenty seven special songs are completely locked behind these digital deluxe passes. You cannot buy them individually. Like you'll be able to buy some of the other songs. Um, the other thing that sucks is the premium digital deluxe, the highest one in Canada, is like one hundred thirty five bucks. It's a little bit too much for a rhythm game. And then the other one is like a hundred. So I personally will, I don't care about near music enough to care to buy anything beyond the base game. But if you are a big fan of Square Enix and Square Enix music, and even maybe some music that's beyond Final Fantasy like near, they do offer you to just buy single songs. I did it for the previous theater that I bought some Chrono Trigger songs um, that I really liked. I only bought specific ones. Um, by the way, this is the best rhythm game on the market, and I can like strongly say that. Theatrhythm is an incredible rhythm game, not just because the music from its source material is some of the best music in gaming, but also because the gameplay is just very fun, and there's a lot to do. So I will probably pick this up. A nice right. pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, on to the next one. Are we going to talk much about this guy? Um, I mean, we saw we saw this part yeah. of the this you know Mario and Rabbit stuff. Uh, maybe instead of talking about this, we can talk about what happened in the Ubisoft Forward from Friday because this is basically the same stuff that we saw. Uh, in that presentation so obviously this game looks incredible it sounds incredible it looks like 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 it's just another step forward for this franchise uh we see bowser later on uh the environments i i love the the, the fact that these environments seemed a little bit more varied than the first game uh but yeah uh they're gonna talk about the dlc that is coming out because the game's coming out soon this game i think comes out in october uh yep. And you the upgrading the the rabbits and stuff like that. The, oh, sorry, the sparks because they're that's what they're called in this game. Uh, but the big thing that they actually didn't mention in this direct is that uh, Rayman is going to be a playable character in the uh, DLC pack, the the big story pack that is like equivalent probably or will be equivalent to the Donkey Kong DLC from the first game. And I'm I know Jules, to that. you're a huge Rayman fan. So, I and that Rayman, it, it, it kind of came out of hype. nowhere. That would that definitely came out of nowhere. And the thing is, it makes so much sense, but I don't think it ever crossed a lot of people's minds. 
Um, but it's like the perfect character. Like if you ask me, I don't think there would have been a Mario character they could have said like, "Here's who we're focusing on." That would have been more hype. I was personally expecting two different things because they did the Donkey Kong expansion. So I was like, okay, who could they do this time? Well, the only one that makes sense to me is either because Yoshi's absent from the main game, it's going to be a Yoshi's Island focused one, similar to what they did with Donkey Kong, or it's going to be like a Wario focused one and be like kind of WarioWare or Wario Land-ish. That's kind of the general thing I was going with. And when they showed Rayman, I was like, that's a better choice. Because seeing Mario team up with Rayman is something we actually have not seen, despite the fact that it should have happened by now. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see uh, Wario and Waluigi. I'm sure they'll show up. Oh, yeah, it'll be great. Um, But yeah, so this game looks good. Um, uh, Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know about the how you could customize the, the sparks until this trailer, so I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, now suddenly uh, the last bit of the year seems really congested <laughs> in terms of yeah. game releases. Right now it's been pretty pretty light. Oh, here, Farming Game 3, by the way. Yep. Yeah, Rune Factory. I found like the last announcement of this, like of the Rune Factory segment, to be like really awkward. Uh, they talk about Rune Factory 3 special, and then they're like, oh, and there's another Rune Factory uh, it's like series in development. Now this. This yeah, is this one very, is big. very, 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 very exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, when this started, like, whatever, N64 games, I don't care. And then they show pilings, I'm like, whatever, and I was like, oh, Mario Party, Mario Party 1. Really? Mm-hmm. And then they and just kept going. Their hands up. And I was like, no way, It's gonna, they're going to do 3-2, and this just got me so excited. Um, mm-hmm. And just to remind everybody, and Pokemon Stadiums, like, fantastic games, great mini-games. All games. of the mini-games. Oh my I god, know. yes. Mm-hmm. The, the, thing, the best thing to remind everybody is all these games can be played online. Yeah. Yep. I'm using oh, NSO. 1080, so. yep. 1080 snowboarding for Adriano, he's going to really like that. Excitebyte 64, very underrated N64 game. And these are the European box arts, so... uh, But anyways, who needs Mario Party Superstars DLC when you have the original three games on N64 and all their content, but with online multiplayer? Yeah. So there's that. And then, at this point, I'm screaming Diddy Kong Racing. I want Diddy Kong Racing. But we have... I'm not going to... I shouldn't say settle for a different Rare game, because this is a massive deal. But... GoldenEye is like one of the most important games in, I'd say, video gaming in the last, what, 30 years. So it is the, the, it pioneered the modern first person shooter aside, like next to Doom. And interestingly, so this is the actual N64 version of the game with online play. After the Direct, Microsoft and Rare announced that GoldenEye 007 is coming to Xbox. Uh, If you own Rare Replay digitally, you get GoldenEye for free. If not, it's going to Game Pass for everyone, or you can buy it separately. That version of GoldenEye on Xbox is in 4K. It has achievements. It's got all the, the modern upgrades that you would expect Microsoft to give a game. But surprisingly, it does not have online play. Yeah. And you the know Switch why that is? is the one with online. Well, you know why. why that is. Well, that well, it makes sense because um, 
the game itself is not programmed to have online play, right? They can't yeah. go in and alter it because if they go in and alter it, Rare doesn't completely own the rights, right? Like, I'm pretty sure there's mm-hmm. more. So I don't think they can actually alter the game. Um, but the thing with Nintendo Switch's online system that's very similar to what Sony has is it's not online play. It's share screening. So what you're mm-hmm. actually doing, it's actually local play. Like, it functions as local play. It's just yeah. you're sharing your screen to another switch and that's how you're able to play it so xbox doesn't have a feature like that as far as i'm aware they so that's don't. probably why yeah. they can't do it so, so it's like yeah that's 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 a very clever way to do it if that's the case because then you're just tricking the game yeah because that's what mario kart's like right like we've played mario kart 64 online like it's just sharing screen and you can do that mm-hmm. with the the snes games too right like it's you're just sharing a screen and you're both operating on the same screen um mm-hmm. so that's why i think it doesn't have online play on xbox but so yeah so jules if you're able to could you mind rewinding back to the just the list of n64 games before the golden eye part if not yeah. i can just uh uh say what i have to say quickly oh that's um, okay i'm i'm going back now so uh give so, it a couple secs mm-hmm. so this is where the japanese direct kind of differs from the um, the uh, north american one and the european one so when they show the list of games coming to the system they have uh harvest moon 64 listed coming next year in japan and i believe harvest moon 64 also came out here so we should probably be expecting that game as well now it's september we don't know which game's coming out this year but we need a game september october november and december so golden is coming this year for sure and i'm wondering if golden actually will come out in september or if they do need more time and it'll come out in october but regardless of when golden comes this is a really 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 impressive lineup yeah, we only get one game a month, which sucks. But think about it. You have the Mario Party games and the Pokemon Stadium games are amazing party games. And Pilot Wing 64 was a launch game on the console. And then 1080 and Excite Bike are really underrated gems, in my opinion. With Harvest Moon, I think that's really, really good. We still, and now that Microsoft and Rare are still collaborating with Nintendo, we got Banjo-Kazooie already. And now we have Goldeneye. It's not outlandish to think, in my opinion, that we'll get uh, Diddy Kong Racing eventually, oh, yeah. Ban- Banjo Tooie, Jet Force yeah. Gemini, Blast Core, like Killer Instinct. Like there are some amazing games that Rare's made on N64. Donkey Kong 64 is coming too. Like that's another one. We probably won't get Conquer if I, I, I don't know. I, like that's I'm a little hesitant to say Conquer's bad for day, but this service is really shaping up to be impressive they have a really impressive library if you include these games and i'm really excited for the future of n64 uh, nintendo switch online yep. and just before we move on from n64 just a reminder if you include the japanese harvest moon 64 our tally is at four farming games <laughs> <laughs> they didn't show it technically but it was there like we didn't see it, gameplay it exists. Of it. We saw the box yeah, art. You know, yeah. that, that counts. So <laughs> we go into another segment where I'm sure at least one more farming game will be shown. Um, but yeah, there's some other games in here that n- nothing. This game's super... coming out today. I've never heard of it before. 
Yeah, it has the same logo style as Octopath, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this game looked interesting, actually. But you know what I thought, actually, watching this this game? I was like, wow, this game is the plot of Lightyear. <laughs> That's a Geno game, if I've ever seen it. Factorio, or Factorio, whatever it was called. Yeah, Factorio. Uh, it's been out on PC for a real long time. Yeah, Ib looks interesting. Oh, here's, uh, here's a nice yep. little... Uh, so... Mario Strikers Battle League is a super disappointing game um, in every shape, way, shape, or form. But Pauline, any game that has Pauline, A-OK in my book. Mm-hmm. And Diddy Kong. Yep. Now yeah. this roster is starting to shape up. up to be like yeah. what it should have been when it launched. We're getting, you know, we have four more characters since launch. We have uh, four more gear sets and a few more stages. That's an acceptable amount of content for the game when it. Well, that's that would have been when it when it uh, when it launched earlier in the year. But I'm gonna go back and play this game because Diddy Kong is one of my favorites, and I think now there's enough characters added to the character pool that you won't have a lot of mirror matches anymore. Like four characters being added is pretty sizable. So maybe the Hub World FC might have to uh, uh, reconvene at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to go in and play a single match as Pauline and make her my character and then not touch the game till the next wave. <laughs> but um, I'm still waiting for Bowser Jr., which I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll pop up in a future wave. Um, but I'm, I am glad to see Diddy back because Diddy doesn't get enough love lately. His barrel, um, that barrel armor looks real cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. I think and I'm always funny. happy to see Pauline as well because she needs to be the... Um, well, I was going to say she needs to be the Waluigi of the girl crew, but I think she's superseded that. I think Daisy's become the Waluigi of the girl mm-hmm. crew now. I think Pauline has become the, like, at this like point, the Wario. Becoming... Mm-hmm. What do you mean the Wario? Like, like the, like the main, all like the alternate for Peach? Not even that. I would compare her more to, like, she is now becoming like the next Rosalina in a sense, like in terms of popularity, even though she existed back in Donkey Kong and arcade, she, her relevance is now becoming like, she's becoming a main Mario character now. So, and the neck, the last character to really shoot up in popularity to this degree has been Rosalina. So I think she's going to be in that category. If she keeps getting put into games like strikers and she's been in golf and she was in tennis, like whatever, I think maybe you'll be seeing her more in in like Mar- the next Mario Party, just say, or what Mario Kart. She should be in Mario Kart. And you know, point. if the, and I'm sure she'll be in Mario Kart. And I guess the reason I put her with Wario is because when I think about like the way that you can pair them, one, I'm just like she's very popular, and she's kind of the antithesis to Peach because she is Mario's ex girlfriend. Um, yep. But also because I ship Pauline and Wario. I think they would have the most fantastic romance. She is a she is a political leader of a large city and he is the crime underneath. You know? Oh my. He's like he's like the <laughs> kingpin to her like um her, her she's Rebecca. She no Vanessa, sorry, that's her name. Yeah, she's Vanessa. Vanessa. She's yeah, like yeah. she, you know, she's like the, the crime boss's like 
secret wife who runs for politics to secretly control the political climate in favor of the evil like mafia member. So like that's the way I view them. I think Pauline's gonna have a heel turn at some point and they're gonna like let her be the aggressive like girl boss she's meant to be. And then Rosalina's just weird like Waluigi and tall, so she can be with him. Nintendo, I know you're listening to this podcast. Make us the writers of the Super Mario Bros movie and the Super Mario game series because yeah, we can really elevate that material. Yep. Okay, we'll move on. So cringe. Move on from Mario Strikers Battle League Football, as it's <laughs> called in the UK, yep. um, to another game about farming. Is Atelier this six now? Ryza, I believe, is this game. Yep. Oh, is this so farming? Th- no, this no, is like some kind of like. Okay. No, no yeah, it's some kind RPG of fan service game. I remember people thought she was going to be in Smash Bros. And I'm like, there's absolutely no way she's going to be in Smash Bros. <laughs> so never mind. We're only at five still. Only five uh, farming games. Five. Um, I thought we were at three. <laughs> no, with the Harvest That's Moon took us to four. And then there was that other one that took us to five. Oh, okay. So we're, we're at five. Um, Mary Mountain. So this is really hype. And just as I predicted, it's coming around Christmas. But what's mm-hmm. weird is that they're saying it's from Mario Kart Tour. And so far, all the tour maps that haven't been, like, uh, like around the world Release. have been considered, have been oh, considered yeah, yeah, yeah. Like new. So that was interesting. Peach Garden's also a very solid map. Um, yeah, that's one of my excited. favorites from Mario Kart DS. This was yeah, a so nice they, little um, touch teaser. before they, was, yeah, before they give us the real wave. Mm-hmm. Funny how they say winter 2022, and in our direct for North America it said holiday. So that might mean it's actually going to be in December. They ain't holidays. To... There's no holidays in the UK. Okay, they have at least a full year of no holidays now. <laughs> Oof. So this is, I thought, I appreciate. Wii Sports and Nintendo Switch Sports. Uh, I respect This was a, a previous announcement from uh, February's Nintendo Direct, I believe, where they announced the game and they said, okay, golf is coming in the holiday. And, like, it seemed like Koizumi's like, oh, and, and please give us a little more time. Like, it, it's not coming out in the in the fall. It's coming out in the in the holiday season now or winter. And I'm like, you know what? I legitimately don't care anymore like yeah that's fine they can give it like, to us Nintendo's trying to make this out to be like a big deal but like i really don't think anybody cares like well you never if know you care about golf at nintendo switch sports feel free to leave a comment and prove me wrong but like there's so much stuff that's been announced up to this point where like do you really need golf in nintendo switch sports yes. hey so. that survival golf sounds cool i like that concept yes. of like Eight people go in, the bottom person yeah. from each hole gets eliminated. There's some cool stuff. But would you rather play this or Mario Golf? Uh, so basically right? it's Golf Fortnite. But they did yeah. Mario Golf Star Rush, or whatever the heck it was called, on Switch. Very similar mode that I would rather play than Nintendo Switch Sports Golf. So That's fair. Well, now, anyway, we have a special talk guest about, now. This, this is by far the most cringy moment of the Direct. I love Miyamoto. Yes, it's good to see him put down the rumors that, oh, the Mario movie got delayed again. He reaffirmed it's coming out uh, in the spring. And I'm a big theme park guy. I love uh, 
Super Nintendo World. I can't wait to go see it and be there one day. Hopefully the Hub World can go on that trip yep. in the next few years. But man, talk about like Pikmin. Tab. Yes. Oh my God, they're going to show Pikmin 4. Okay. Then he goes on like a three-minute tangent about Pikmin Bloom and like, why? This game's been out for a year. I still don't understand why anyone would play this. Like, it's just allowing, like, what's, what is, I, I don't flowers. get what the appeal of this game is. You plant flowers and you track where you walked and it tells you where you have walked and where you haven't. So you can explore unexplored places because that's the way you stay out of trouble, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I haven't trespassed in this area yet. I haven't. Hey, it's midnight right now. I haven't gone through this alley in downtown Vancouver yet. Wonder what's mm-hmm. down here. What yeah. can I find? Wow. This uh, but then is... I love how he's like now the main event, and the main event lasted like a thirtieth of the time that his Pigment Bloom Tyre <laughs> went on. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is what like seven years in the making. I still have the I have the theory. Just saying. Miyamoto's been saying since like 2015, 2016, Pikmin 4 was close to completion. And not even a week after the Queen dies, Pikmin 4 is announced. All I'm saying is there's a conspiracy there. The Queen was holding Pikmin 4 hostage. Or maybe Nintendo moved the people that were developing Pikmin 4 to another project and then got Pikmin... They hired Pikmin to finish the job, and that's why it took seven years to to finish that bit of the game. Because <laughs> they had to move each key one at a time. Yep, they had. They to... couldn't type with ten fingers. Yeah, they could only see, type one at a time. You see how long it takes Pikmin to transfer by saves on 3ds? Oh my Imagine god, they're, they were the worst. You know what? All I gotta <laughs> say is all these Zelda fans being like, mm, "Zelda, it's been so long. Like we've been waiting so long for this game to come out." You don't know patience unless you are a Pikmin fan. No, because you don't my... know patience unless you're an F Zero fan. Okay, no, yeah, no, no, still, no you don't patience. know patience unless no. you're if you're a no, no, banjo no. fan. No, 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 that is true. No, another one. That's not patience. That's just like, like that's just like sad. That is hopeless. Um, <laughs> patience. But we know Miyamoto could have ta- been talking about hey Pikmin as, and it could have been like mistranslated. No. He, no. But it wasn't. That's the thing is, this is clearly it wasn't. And I think that, like, that's what I'm saying is you don't know patience like you know, like, Pikmin patience because the difference with Pikmin and, like, Banjo and all that stuff is that twice now a Pikmin game has been announced way too early and then has gone through, like, several, several delays that when it actually released was so late. And the only thing I can equate Pikmin to is A Song of Ice and Fire. Between each game, it just takes even longer for the game to come out. Yep. And how many spin-offs are we going to get until we get the next book? I Like, this is not related to Nintendo at all, but I just find it hilarious that the last book, like the fifth book of A Song of Ice and Fire came out the same year that the first season of Game of Thrones came out. And the show finished before he got even a single more book out. I find that so absurd. Anyway, back on to Nintendo. <laughs> this is like Pikmin. <laughs> this is like Pikmin, okay? This game was announced like eight years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Nice but, shot, Miyamoto. 
talking about <laughs> what he says here, so I'll kind of skip ahead till he shows the picture. Um, but he he talks about how this game, their goal is for the camera perspective yep. and like the perspective to be from the perspective of the Pikmin, so everything feels a lot bigger. And I think that's a really cool approach. Is that Brittany from Pikmin Three? It, it does like it. look like Brittany from Pikmin Three, but I'm not going to read too much into that because this looks more like this is just you know concept. like concept. Yeah, it could be its so, own thing. Who knows? But either way, I hope they maintain co-op because co-op's really fun. I'd love for them to add online co-op because I actually think online co-op would work really, really well with Pikmin. Um, because when like I played through Pikmin Three co-op and I played through it originally. I played through a co-op, and the co-op worked very, very well. The tricky thing is that it's split screens, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you can go in your own area, but I think this game would do very, very well with online play, and I think they should consider it. But Pikmin is fantastic. I Do I believe this game will come out next year? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm expecting it's get one 2026. More 2026. 2026. One more, one more delay. Yeah, mi- yeah. Miyamoto, nice shirt. I like that shirt. He's just now going to talk about sort of the what it means. The philosophy. The design philosophy. Yeah. 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 So well, we're back, back to Koizumi. Um, thank you, Miyamoto-san, for talking about Pikmin Bloom for four minutes. Let's move <laughs> to some more headlines. Technically, before we skip Can we just skip Just Dance? It's a meme at this we, point. Before we skip Just Dance, I think Pikmin Bloom brings the tally for farming games up to six, because it's kind of a gardening game. Not really, though. Yes, but no. Yes, but no. Anyway, uh, Just Dance sucks. Don't be a casual. Don't buy it. Um, (laughs) You can just watch the videos of people dancing on YouTube for free. Which is what every single elementary school teacher does for gym class. Um, (laughs) Then we have, uh, oh, here we go. Farming number six. Now, this looks like an interesting farming game, mind you, but yes, sixth um, farming game we got here. Um, I feel like some of the names for these things are just getting absurd. Like, you have Quietus. Harvestra. Like, like Harvestella. Harvestella, Isn't Square Enix, Gino? It sounds silly. It sounds silly. Okay, now I'd like to talk a bit about Bayonetta. I'm a big, I, well, I'm not a huge Bayonetta fan, but I like Bayonetta. I've played all of them. Um, and this game looks fantastic. But the marketing in this direct was very, very interesting. I found it cringy. It was like they went on here and they're like, in the first game, Bayonetta was trying to find her memories. In the second game, she was trying to save her friend. Now she's trying to save the world. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then they start to talk about their like her journey has been from focusing on herself to focusing on her friends to focusing on all of humanity. I'm like, this was not needed, like at all. It's bayonetta. It's supposed to be like over the top cheese. So like, yeah, in well, the first anyway. game, her also Jules, in the first game, her gun had one barrel. In the second game, her guns had two barrels. Now her guns have three barrels. Can I also... So here's another aside that's kind of related, okay? So this is the second game by Platinum Games that is a Switch exclusive in which the villains are called the Homunculus. Okay? The other one being Astral Chain. 
Now, I cannot take games that call their villains homunculus seriously because when I was in my first year teaching and I heard one of my students say, that's homo, and I got mad at them and I said, do not say that. That's insensitive. Don't say that. You can find another word because you're trying to say stupid. They're like, okay, we'll find another word. And they started saying, that's homunculus. That was what they would say all the time. That's homunculus. And now every time I hear in a serious context, the homunculus are destroying the city. I can't take it seriously. I just associate the word with Yu-Gi-Oh. Homunculus, the uh, alchemic being. Or or the golden golden homunculus. It gets extra attack power based on how many banished cards there are. Yep. Why do I need to know this this name? Like, I... It's a dumb word. That's why. It's just, it's just a very, is, it's just a very right. stupid sounding word. It's mm-hmm. like galoshes or bouffant. Yeah. Now this this game looks interesting. Um, I personally don't play Danganronpa, but I know there's a lot of people who like Danganronpa, so this does look really cool. It looks kind of like detective-y and you know mm-hmm. dark as Danganronpa is. Um, so. You know, that's, that's another all funny I really word. Have to say about it. Raincoat. Romp. Romp. Yeah, Rampa. <laughs> Damn Yuma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah the game uh, looks interesting. Uh, why is Bowsette there? <laughs> Bowsette. I don't know why Bowsette is there. Um, <laughs> this trailer's going on way too long. I don't remember it being this long this morning, but maybe at this point I was just texting somebody about something. But um, Honestly, this is was... interesting. Resident Evil Village. Um, on Switch, alongside not just Resident Evil Village, but um, you'll see in a sec, also Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 3. Um, cloud All versions, cloud you know? Versions, yeah. so, I, mean, I mean, great games, but... Like, yeah. what, for what, what happens I hear, when the server goes down? Exactly. Like, from yeah, what I hear, exactly. the cloud versions are actually decent, but you don't really own the game, because no. there's a time limit, artificial time limit on, like, your yeah. ownership of the game, but I, I see mean, in like the only way you can five it, years right? where there's a problem with that. Yeah, um, you're just yeah. essentially renting it. Mm-hmm. The graphics here, by the way, and Crisis Core look fantastic. They also released the box art for Crisis Core after this uh, presentation, and it is a stunning piece of artwork. I'm very um, excited. Yeah, did you see the artwork? The the box art. I did not, but okay, uh, Crisis, Core, after the, Crisis um, Core was my first real Final Fantasy game. Yeah, like I, yeah. I remember playing like Final Fantasy One on like a cracked version of it on my Windows ninety five PC. Like my dad had a a Nintendo emulator or something on our old 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 computer, and I didn't know it was Final Fantasy, and I could never get past the first level. But when I had a PSP, like the first thing I did with like any proper uh psp owner was i went to go crack it immediately so i could get all the games for free uh i had i I had bought crisis core actually and that game was like the best it was so fun i got so into it and i'm like wait a minute why is cloud here why is sephiroth here because like i knew who these characters were but i had so much fun with that game i cannot wait to go back Mm -hmm. and surprisingly it is a reduced price game and it'll mm-hmm. and you know what like it's a solid installment. I'm excited that it's coming to to everything. But uh, yeah, okay. 
Let me talk about this. I recently played Tales of Symphonia. By recently, I mean within the last couple of years. When I saw this, and it's like a journey of world regeneration begins anew, and then I saw this, I immediately recognized, hey, that's the villain from Tales of Symphonia. Are they remaking Tales of Symphonia? Now, I've been, my roommate introduced me to the Tales series, and he made me play Tales of Symphonia first, because he loves Tales of Symphonia. And my opinion of that game was that this game is terrible. Hot take. I don't like Tales of Symphonia. Well, good thing and the your reason... roommate does not watch, uh, does not listen to the podcast. He knows this. I was very vocal about it. He was very, he was very upset about it when I came out of the game. I was like, I did not like that game. Now, the reason I don't like the game, and I'll talk about it when I get to the trailer more specifically, but the game is just very outdated. It's very, very outdated. Um, so playing it now was hard. This game is so beloved, and it's the most beloved Tales game out there, that it needed new life. And then they chose to, instead of actually remaking the game, they decided to remaster a game from like 2002, and it looks the way it did in 2002, except the textures are a little clearer. So I want to just show you one second. Let's just go back just for a second. I want you to look how beautiful this art is okay look at look at lloyd look at look at this fine young swordsman and look at this beautiful young woman colette the main character of the game look at look at how they look Mm -hmm. the story is very grand and so you tell the tale of these two characters right now the problem that i had when playing this game is that you take those two characters and now they look like literal children. And every time she did something, like she's a klutz, Colette. Every time she fell down, my response was this dumb six-year-old. Like I could not take any of these characters seriously because they look like literal five-year-olds. And so mm-hmm. I, it like ruined this game for me. I, I still cannot take this game seriously. And I'm so upset that they didn't do more to this game. Because this game needed more. Like, this game, sorry, didn't need more. This game deserved more than what they're giving to it. Um, yeah, but then but you're going to have a bunch of, you're going to have a bunch of people saying, oh, they ruined the look. Because I bet you somewhere there's like some diehard somewhere that is saying, like, if they change the view, like the, the visuals of this game, it ruins its spirit or something like that. Sure, but at the same time, like, if you wanted to play this game like this, you can go play it on GameCube. It's like, like, it's not really that remastered. Like, and this continues a big trend with Bandai Namco recently that they did with Pac-Man Repack and Klonoa, where you're remastering these games, but you're only remastering the visuals. You're not actually, like, bringing them into a modern era. And that's the thing, is a lot of remasters aren't just graphics like a lot of the time there are like quality of life updates or sometimes even like engine changes and so i look at something like crisis core which while it's a very beloved game to both you and i gino in no way shape or form did crisis core deserve or need the amount of work it's doing because square enix put that work in and then i look at this game and i'm like bandai like you really messed up because Tales of Symphonia has not had a re-release in a very, very, very long time. And it is the most beloved game in this series. If any game in the series deserved a full 
remake. Even if it wasn't like you're going to go nuts with it, even if it was something like doing it like like Tales of Vesperia style or just like like just like an engine change, like it deserved more than what they're giving it, which is just like a a fine tune up. It did not need a fine tune up. This it, is a it's game a texture upgrade. That, yeah, this is a game that is so beloved to people and is so important to JRPG fans that it deserved to have a modern, like, not necessarily a modern interpretation, but a modern version. And I feel like just the simple act of remastering it has now made it that they will never be able to, like, they won't be able to do that for, like, another 10, 15 years now. And they made the wrong choice. And that's my opinion. As somebody who does not like this game, but really wanted to like this game, I know I would have liked it if they did what they should have done and, like, brought it into the modern world but this will now still be stuck as a relic of the past and i don't think it's going to do very well so that's my opinion on that yeah. i still think that there's a proper audience for this game though Even, oh, like, yeah, with, for sure. with all that being said like fans will go and will drop the money because the fans will but you're not going to make new fans and yeah. that's the unfortunate part of it mm-hmm. um yeah, and then there's a bunch of other stuff in here. Um, all these like little, little games, um, Lego, you know, Disney. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit to uh, the Disney uh, Racers, Disney Speedstorm. We just had D23, and this game was in their uh, showcase, and they didn't even give it a release date. Yeah, like, I, I think I, they're I, not sure. Yeah, I think I it's just know. in beta right now. But yeah. Um, this is this a was surprise. a surprise. This is a massive uh-huh. surprise. Yeah, I don't think anyone wanted this either. I don't think but anybody wanted we'll it. it. Well, yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, take it, it is no one the best. I still stand by that this is the best Kirby game. Um, mm-hmm. so I, so this is my favorite Kirby game. I believe it's the best Kirby game. Um, it is one of the hardest Kirby games if you play on the hard mode. Um, and it has fantastic co-op. Um. I am happy. Kawasaki. Does it? This one? No, it doesn't. Yeah. You're thinking thinking Star Allies. Allies. Yeah. Yeah. This is the better one. The one that doesn't have Chef Kawasaki, but is infinitely better. But that being said, I love this game. And I'm happy that a lot of people that didn't get to experience it will get to experience it now. But I'm not paying $80 for this game again. Yeah, that's like, too much for what is a very, very small upgrade. Yeah, th- well, that's the thing. Like, I think, like by far, this is going to end up being the superior version of the game, and like visually, it looks way, 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 way better than it did on Wii. Like, the backgrounds aren't blurry. All new character models, like with the modern um, versions of all four playable characters. Uh, for better or for worse, like the DD looks weird, but I I like Kirby Waddledy and Meta Knight's modern designs better than their the ones from the Wii era. Like it's a cleaner look, and I like how they added the black borders around the characters as well, so you have like a better idea of where your character is at any given point. The environments look better. I love the addition of Mecha Kirby. I think that's like I haven't even played the game yet, and Mecha Kirby is my favorite copy ability in a Kirby game. Like, go back all the way to the beginning of the hub world. Like, one of our first videos was, like, the best copy abilities or whatever in Kirby 
or maybe we didn't make copy abilities, but we that is my all time favorite copy ability, and I haven't played the game yet. Like that's how creative and cool it is. Yeah. But then like they added some new like party uh game modes, whatever, that's fine. I'm on the fence about whether I'm gonna buy it or not. Like I own the Wii one, but the only time I played the Wii game was when we all played it together and we had such a fantastic experience that I think maybe we should go through that again and this time instead of you buying the game, I'll buy the game and we could all play it. I'd be up for that too. I was even gonna say that it's like the only way I think I would buy it again is if we just all play it together again. Um, and like, I do love this game and I think part of the reason that I just don't want to buy it despite liking it is, and like, this is definitely an unpopular opinion. I don't think it looks better than the Wii version. And of course, like objectively it looks better because it's in HD, it's clear and all that. I don't love the way they've stylized it because the original one, like, wasn't like hyper realistic, but it was like. It was a little bit like darker in colors. It was there was a little it was a little bit more like the environments were like more realistic. Like not super, like they're still cartoony, but like realistic by Kirby standards. Whereas yeah. like this I felt like went back to like a solid color, like very like thick outlines. Like it's trying to look very cartoony and stylized. And that's okay, but I mm-hmm. I prefer the original look. So I think that was the other reason that I looked at it and I was like, oh, like... But either way, if you haven't played Kirby's Return to Dreamland, and this is my opinion and might not be shared by the entirety of the hub world, if you have not played Kirby Return to Dreamland, this is the single most... Like, the must-buy Kirby Switch game. And I think if you were going to pick between the three, including Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which is the 3D platformer, I would say that this is the best of the three because it is, in my opinion, the best Kirby game. But as somebody who has the game and has enjoyed it already, I don't know if I would see a lot of value in the very, very few things they've added. Yeah, it's it's definitely a strange decision for like a remake of uh, of a game on Nintendo's part. But uh, the Wii game, Kirby Return to Dreamland, actually is like, it's one of the more uh, pricey first party mm-hmm. Wii games. It's and definitely pricey. It's definitely like, it is welcome. Like, it, I would never would have thought of them making this game. Like, but it yeah. is, it is something that I definitely will uh, consider picking up. Like, yes. it's just, it's uh, so, yeah. And just to, as a final thing to that, too, like Kirby's Return to Dreamland came out very late in the Wii lifespan. I mean, I believe it was one of the last first party games released, period. Yeah. Um, I don't think there were a lot Skyward, of copies. Yeah. No, actually, I think it came out after Skyward. I will fact check that in a sec. But I know this game did not sell a ton. Like, there's not a ton of copies of this game out there, despite how good it is. So, in that regard, it does make sense. Um, that they have uh, decided to go with this game. Although it would have been cool to see uh, like even Kirby's Adventure Mm -hmm. rather than this. And it is part of the anniversary still for Kirby, and they did mention that in the direct. Like This is still considered part of the Kirby uh, anniversary uh, festivities. So that's why, like, it just, I thought I thought Forgotten Land was supposed to be that game, but lo and behold they make this. But yeah. And just to respond to Gino's fact check, 
he was correct. This game came out one month before Skyward Sword, um, but I believe then Skyward Sword must have been the last one. Yeah, Sky, I think Skyward Sword near was. the end. Hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, speaking of Zelda. <laughs> well, hey, before we move on to Zelda, actually, I know that's a good segue. Last little epilogue. We got Kirby's Return to Dreamland, a late Wii game remade. We got Skyward Sword, a late Wii game remade. Give us Mario Galaxy 3, Nintendo. Sorry, Mario Galaxy 2. Uh-huh. We need it. Okay, anyway, speaking of Zelda, um, we have one final announcement here. At this point, I will tell you what I was thinking. Koizumi's like, we have one more thing. And I literally told myself, it's not going to be Zelda. I'm going to be disappointed. They're going to show something else. Like, I actually was, like, at the point where I'm like, I don't think it's going to be Zelda because I was so convinced there were going to be Zelda remakes that I was like, I thought there'd be a whole Zelda segment. So I convinced myself that that it wasn't going to be Zelda. And even when the trailer started, and it very clearly was Zelda, I was still like, this isn't Zelda. This isn't Zelda. This is something else that looks like Zelda. Yeah, that's how uh, in denial you were. I'm like, this immediately is Zelda. The particle. I didn't want to believe it. I was like, no, this is going to be some other crap. That's going to be Chozo, and this is going to be Metroid. And then I saw the Bacoblins. I was like, okay, it's Zelda. (laughs) Okay, it's Zelda. You you gave in. But Um, but yeah, the the whole like presentation of this game, like the the trailer itself, was very brief. But there's still so much to uncover and talk about just from this. Like, all the, the whole... breadcrumbs. Exactly. Like, that's what we've been getting up to this point. It's been like little bits of information here and there. But, like, the, the that shot of the doors opening, I'm like, wow, that's like another moment like the original Breath of the Wild had where, like, it, it really hit you that this game is going to be something really special. Now, was anybody That's... else waiting for a Loftwing to fly in at this point? Yep. <laughs> we get a Loftwing-like thing later. Or is it here? No, it's not here. No, it's this not is weird. Here. How do rocks do that? Well, that's <laughs> that's his ability. It's time traveling, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, here's the weird Loftwing. Uh... Yeah, stone Loftwing. And yeah. you get the I, nice little... I, purpo- I, I believe... At a very core level, that the stone loftwing flying glider thing was responsible, uh, uh, basically was brought into the game because people were using the minecarts to fly around all over the place, and Nintendo thought, you know what, that looks fun. We'll actually implement this somehow, and there we go. <laughs> that is a fun theory craft. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I like that we've only gotten breadcrumbs because I feel like there's enough like there that we can like get a picture of the yeah, type of bread we're getting, but there's not like, honestly, every single video that has been made in regard to these trailers, what I love about it is there's so much there that people can pack and theorize about, but ultimately every single thing that has been said about this game can easily be wrong because they've given us so little. And the way that Zelda team approaches things is oftentimes, even though they're very intentional with how they place things, we don't often know the purpose behind those placings until we see the full scope. So I'm very excited to see where they go with it. Um, It seems like this game is going to have a lot more lore, like it's going to be lore heavier than I think a lot of games in the series. Um, 
I'm very intrigued by that mural of the bird-like the thing. god or thing, and it having the seven tears the seven. around it, because that makes me feel like we're going to be collecting seven of those things, and usually seven is the magic number for dungeons, so I'm yep. really One hopeful that yep. we're getting <laughs> like traditional dungeons. dungeons. Yeah, um, and know what? I would not even be mad if this game delves back on some of the open world elements. Like, I would not be mad if they took away some of the freedom of like going to the final boss right away, and they do make it a little bit more linear. Like, still make it like you had the only way to go to the final boss is you need to go to all seven dungeons, but you still have free reign of like where you want to go. Um, so. I'm kind of hoping for that. Um, yeah. We also I'm got really, the official title. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we move on to the official title and everything, Jules, back to that, back to that mural. There was a lot of like fan and spe- fan speculation based off of the original uh, Breath of the Wild game about this mysterious Zonai tribe, and I noticed that those tears are also like that Zonai swirl shape as well. So like maybe we're getting a new race, and that's what that bird creature like sheep thing was maybe it's one of them yeah no even yeah on the like the, the green circle on the the title are those zone uh do you think that like the, those swirls like those could even be zonai uh inspired like on yeah. the actual uh title i itself. know the green is because the zonai themselves are heavily associated with the pharon region right so like a lot of like forest and like in the first like in Breath of the Wild we dealt a lot with the um, the Sheikah magic uh, like the Sheikah technology and stuff which is blue in color malice which is red and now we're getting this green magic right and like we haven't really had that like trifecta of red blue green in Zelda since like a lot of the Triforce stuff was happening right and we haven't gotten a lot of that in a long time so like I don't want to turn this into like a Zelda theory craft video maybe that's an idea for like another thing but I have a few ideas and like how like. Even like those, like Link has this like belt with these like little jar things attached to it, and I saw him watch. Mateo was watching like a a theory video about what it what it is, and I think it could just that could be magic. Like we could be getting a magic meter back. Yeah, I'm really hoping we get a magic meter back, um, and I'm hopeful for that. So, and that's a really cool point about the green. Um, if I may, I, I would love to talk about what I think of that the circle means, but it will require me to show the title. So are we ready to talk mm-hmm. about the title? Or? Yeah. yeah, we're yep. good. Okay, so then we get the reveal of the official title of Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom, also known as the trigger title for the United Kingdom. Therefore, they didn't air it in the United Kingdom. Um, but Tears of the Kingdom, really intriguing title. Not the spoiler um, that I th- that they kind of built it up to be. It, it, they made yeah, um, it was way. They made it seem like it was like yes. too big of a deal to reveal the title. Back. Yeah, because it, it would be a big spoiler. Yeah, although no one would have known. As random commenter on GameFAQ said when somebody brought up what was so spoilery about the title, and the first response was it spoiled the queen's death, which I Oof. found. Uh, interesting um it's not spoilery um but my theory around all this and i've said this in previous zelda videos before is i really do think that 
Skyward Sword being remade and released between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom was intentional. I really do believe that Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom are acting as somewhat of a trilogy to this conceptual um, idea of framing the Zelda timeline under something larger. And just like Skyward Sword was the definitive beginning of Zelda, I believe that this game is the definitive end. I think the circle represents the cycle that has been repeating itself over and over, and I really do believe that the title, Tears of the Kingdom, is meant to represent all of the pain that has happened in Hyrule over and over and over and over and over again, and I think this is going to be the end of that cycle. And I think every other Zelda game moving forward will fall between Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom, and those will be the two, like, pillars of Zelda moving forward. Um, Because there's a lot to explore, right? Like, Breath of the Wild takes place 10,000 years after any of the timelines. You pick and choose whichever one you want to put it in because it it ends all three timelines. It's so Um, far removed from everything. It's so far removed that, like, they... Even if this is the end of the cycle, even if this tells the story of how they end Ganondorf once and for all, there's still so much unexplored history within the Zelda timeline, not only within the 10,000 years before Breath of the Wild, but also within eras that were part of the previous timeline, right? Like, post-Spirit Tracks or post- um, Post uh, Four Swords Adventure, there's a lot like, of stuff they can yeah. explore. Post Zelda mm-hmm. 2, right? Like, um, even like the period of time between Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time, right? Like, there's so mm-hmm. many periods of time they can explore that I really don't think they would be upset or worried about telling the story of how Ganon was like finally defeated. Because I feel like no matter what, they're eventually going to have to tell that story. They're eventually going to have to close off this cycle. And I think it makes sense to do it now while the lore is fresh in everybody's mind. Um, and while they've been exploring those themes and while we're exploring a time where the world is so vastly far removed from the rest of the Zelda timeline that really the consequences of anything they do in this game are so limited to this game and Breath of the Wild, that it's not really going to have massive ramifications on any of the previous games because they'll be so far removed that the world can easily change and fall fall into the Breath of the Wild timeline no matter what direction they go in. Mm-hmm. The one thing that surprised me, though, is that like the big visual sort of... Uh, like the the big thing that attracted me to the game, I think that was the icon of the game before we even knew the title and before this trailer was the hand, right? The sort of like demonic looking, like green sort of hand that uh, we saw in the, I think it was the original trailer that was yeah. also visible in the second trailer. That was nowhere to be seen in this one. I'm surprised that they didn't sort of press or push that in this trailer to like, because that's definitely going to be a big deal in this game, but not having it here was notably absent. And maybe they changed their mind. And like, I felt also the trailer was just 
was really short. Yes, it, it had a lot of information, but still, would I have liked to have a little more info? It's been a really long time. Like, throw us a bone in a, a little bit. Like, I don't know. That's just my little nitpick. Like, and even like this, this game will be incredible. But at this point, where we are right after this direct, I'm honestly more excited about Fire Emblem just because, like, I know like they'll probably do another direct at the beginning of next year, like they always do, or like maybe Zelda will have its own dedicated direct, or maybe they'll show something at the Game Awards for this game. But right now, we don't really know much. Like, and we like, I thought we maybe have a little bit more of a blowout. So for that reason, like, I would still think Fire Emblem's my most anticipated game out of this direct even though i think zelda will be better and at eventually probably closer to the release date that we got i will be more excited for zelda than i was for fire emblem at any point but yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at like how about I you hate guys? to say it mateo but i'm with you like we've we've known breath of the wild 2 was coming for uh, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, got to get used to saying it. Oh, I I know, but it triggers jewels, and that's why I do it. So <laughs> it doesn't trigger. Oh no, it doesn't yeah. trigger. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not triggered by that because you know the name of the game. I'm not triggered that people call it Breath of the Wild Two. I'm triggered that people make excuses for not wanting to learn the title when it's a culmination of four words, <laughs> and two of them are the same as Breath of the yes. Wild. Of the yeah, <laughs> yep. Anyway, um, we've known about this game way longer than we haven't. And a game like Fire Emblem can be announced and released before we get anything that we can really sink our teeth into. Like, we knew about, like, for instance, in, in Breath of the Wild's actual, like, reveal and all that stuff. We knew about the Great Plateau at this point. We knew that there was a starter area. We, like, we knew some things. Like we had gameplay footage that was like, okay, here's someone talking about a specific area, and we're gonna go walk through. Hey, you can chop this tree down to make a bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you can tackle the dungeons in any. You can tackle the areas in any which way you want. You can go right to the final boss if you want. Like we knew a lot more. But that's the thing. Like the the, the this game, I think, is gonna really. Like the mystery of 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 uh, Tears of the Kingdom is going to be the thing I think that they're going to really hold on to, keep to their chest. I don't think we're going to get that gameplay blowout or the story blowout that we did get with Breath of the Wild. Like, remember, Breath of the Wild was the only game at that E3 of uh, 2000, was it 2016? So Nintendo came to play that day or for that show. That was the only, their only game. Everyone's eyes were on it. They had to have a substantial showing. We're not going to get that. Like this game's not going to have a demo period before it's released, probably like the, from like a big show, and it's not going to have that spectacle event probably that Breath of the Wild also got at the Switch unveiling. So, in a way. I think that's what they, that's the key to this game that's going to make it really really exciting is that it's not going to have the same uh ramp up for the advertising and marketing. So 
if they really want to, they can like essentially show us nothing because the game se- is going to sell itself. Being just yeah. being the sequel to Breath of the Wild is alone alone going to make this game insanely successful and popular. So yeah. Um, and also I think the release date. If you skip ahead, Jules, to the release date, uh, I think like sometime in March, right? And it's May. No, it's in May. Um, it's still within that spring window that Nintendo gave us. Yeah, it's a little bit later in spring, but I still think this is a solid release date in May, just before summer. School's sort of winding down. There's gonna be like not too many games come out in May historically. So well, it's also it, acts as a warning for all the other developers saying, "Hey, we're giving you the, yeah. the Zelda release day. Move your plans. Stay out of our way." It'll be like Elden Ring, you know. It'll, they won't it, care. I, but that's the thing, though. Like, I, I think it's smart that they give people this much time to prepare. Like, that's if the game doesn't get delayed. Knock on wood. But I think I'm knocking. Yeah, I don't think it's going to at this point. I don't mm-hmm. think they would have given us a date. This if they weren't ready this early if they weren't one hundred percent sure about it. But yeah, they're on like, track. I, yeah, I think this is a really good idea to to release it this time. People are now going to start talking about hardware. Like, is the game going to launch with hardware? Yeah. But if this is running on a regular Switch, then I got to say that is impressive. Yeah, uh, and we'll see what happens with the hardware. Um, they've had how many could... years to? to um to optimize mm-hmm. like the switch like they know like when they were launching breath of the wild they were launching it on the wii u and the switch a console that they didn't know what its limitations were yet they are very well like the switch is in a very comfortable position the developers know what the hardware can and can't do and it's kind of like at that sweet spot where like we were with like the wii right where like people knew what it could do and then that's when like the tail end of the wii when like all these amazing titles came out and everything was polished yeah Yeah, and i think that that's the thing is like it's incredible to think this but this game will come out over six years after breath of the wild is it over six it was 2017 right breath of the wild or Yes. Yeah. yeah. 2017. Over Switch, yep. six mm-hmm. years after, and in any other console lifespan, this would have been either the last game or not even been on the console. Like six is already an absurd lifespan for a console. So I personally would be very, very, very surprised if there is not some kind of Switch hardware. Um, upgrade coming because I know that Switch, like realistically, they could ride the current Switch model another four years. But it's I th- already obsolete, though. Yeah, well, it was obsolete when it launched. Um, but it's not so much that it's obsolete; it's more that I can't envision that Nintendo, somebody who's known for their hardware upgrades on their handheld systems, doesn't have something up their sleeve. Um, so we will see. Mm-hmm. All I gotta say is, please, Nintendo, for the love of God, if you're gonna release hardware with this game, please don't release a system that is Zelda themed. Don't release mm-hmm. controllers that are Zelda themed. 
because I don't have the money to buy all these things, and I have to buy everything Zelda you announce. So please it, don't bankrupt me. It's Jules, not the just Jules, by admitting that you've willed it into existence. Thanks. I will already have to quit my job to play this game. <laughs> I don't have the money to buy all of your Zelda stuff. But please. it's not about the money. To honestly, when you think about it, it's not about the money. It's about the stress. difficulty and the stress that is buying anything that is collectible from Nintendo. I literally. The Master Edition was a nightmare to acquire. I Look have at what nightmares. happened with Xenoblade Chronicles 3's Collector's Edition. Like, with the with yeah. the, the whole Switch or I the Nintendo having, store. I am having like, literal nightmares about trying to get the highest edition of the Zelda game. I and hope there isn't. If, like, I almost just hope they don't have a Collector's They will have a Collector's Edition, but I hope that they go the route of, like, what they did with, like, Link's Awakening and, like, stuff like that, where, like, there's just one, and it's more like widespread, you know. Or like and, Breath of the Wild and, had two special editions: the Master Edition and the regular Special Edition. Yes. The only thing the regular one didn't have was the statue. Just do yes. that. Well, I don't even think they should have a mass. Yeah, just have the regular one. But I also think I'd like to hope I need to manifest this into existence because when they did the Master Edition. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong. That was one of, if not the first collector's editions that Nintendo had ever done. Like, like ever. Yeah, it's definitely one of the, the earlier ones they did. Other than like Fire Emblem. I think Fire Emblem was the only one that had been doing it already. But that was the first one yeah. to bleed into Zelda or like their biggest they had Well, they had smaller ones. They had the Wind Waker HD one with like the little Ganon figurine. And they had like a Mario Kart 8 one. But yeah, yeah, on this scale, like this is something like you would expect from like Assassin's Creed, like series like that, that like yes. go all out. So that was one of the first ones. So I'd like to tell myself that because it was one of the first ones. They didn't exactly know what they were doing, and they underestimated how much it was going to sell, and so they didn't make as many. Because since then, things like the Link's Awakening Collector's Edition, and like some of the Fire Emblem ones, and like they've been a lot easier to get. The only one that was a nightmare was Xenoblade, but that was just yeah. because they only put it on the store. Um, mm -hmm. But so if they only do one special edition and it's at all retailers, I can envision that I will be able to get it. But if they do anything else, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see. Let's not think about this. This is giving me anxiety. Yep. <laughs> oh, Anyways, are you guys uh, happy with uh, the Breath of the Wild? Or sorry, not Breath of the Wild 2. I, I caught myself. The Tears of the Kingdom uh coverage like uh shall we wrap things up well last thing i will say just as an addendum to tears of the kingdom is i know a lot of people were anticipating wind waker hd and twilight hd being announced today as well for this and year prime. <laughs> and metro prime but i want to speak specifically to yep. um zelda um mm -hmm. fear not zelda fans for wind waker and twilight princess hd are still going to come. I want you to think logically. We've ha we have like almost every Zelda game on Switch now, except for Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD and some of the 2D ones that they could remaster. But once Tears of the Kingdom drops, 
we still have another four probably years of Switch lifespan, and there's no way in hell Nintendo wants to have a four-year drought of Zelda games. That Wind Waker Twilight HD is coming after to pad out those years without Zelda games. I guarantee you, if they don't release Wind Waker HD and Twilight HD on Switch, I vow that I will shut down the Hub World podcast. Dang. Jules, um, we got to talk about that. Yeah, it's a good thing that you don't have any of the passwords anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I mean, by all means necessary, I will shut it down by force. That's what's going to happen if we get a collector's edition and you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't be as them's passive them's as I am. Them's is real no. fighting words there. Jules. I won't be as passive as I was with Ezlo Hat. I will walk into your home and I will literally <laughs> steal it. Like, <laughs> like, literally end a friendship over that. I will walk in and fucking take it by force. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyways, well, we're laughing about this now, but I'm a little bit scared and ser- and like low key worried that you're serious. <laughs> we'll anyway, see. that brings us to the end of today's quest. If you liked what you heard here today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button below. If you want to contribute to the conversation, let us know any ideas you have for upcoming quests, or just let us know what your thoughts are. Leave us a comment. We do read all of them. Anyway, that's it from us here at the Hub World today. We'll see you next time. Madeo. Microsoft, make a new banjo game. See ya, everybody. Nintendo also bring over Diddy Kong Racing.